7, verse number 21 through 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many, now listen to this very, very closely, what is happening here. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name have done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them. Does anybody know what the Lord said? I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now let's look at this scripture very closely, the things that they have done. Not everyone, the first thing Jesus tells them, that not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But there is some requirements. And then he will say that many will say that they have prophesied in the name of the Lord. They have cast out devils in the name of the Lord. And they have done many wonderful works. But he will profess unto them, I never knew you. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's lift our hands toward heaven and ask God to help us in this house today. God... We are depending on You. Without You, we can do nothing. I have no ability, God, without You. I pray, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, that You would touch me to speak to Your people, that You would touch Your people to hear, to receive, and to respond to Your Word and be a doer of the Word. We pray it, God, in Your precious name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord, everybody. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. You may be seated. I want to, I want to talk to you from this subject today for the next few moments, something that I feel very strongly that the Lord has laid on my heart for this service this morning. And I want to give it to you the best way that I possibly can. I want to talk to you from this standpoint, growing apart are growing together. Growing apart are growing together. You that have been faithful to the house of God on Wednesday nights for the past month or so realize and remember that I have been talking about families and the importance of families and what God expects and requires out of us as families and how that we could build a godly family. Today I think it is very it is very necessary when we are speaking about our relationship with God that we understand that the relationship our relationship with God is based and it and our relationship in a marriage is a mirror image of our relationship with God. That there are so many uh, similarities of what a relationship takes to make it and to survive uh, that is in a marriage relationship that holds true into our relationship with God. It is important that we understand this because when you understand this, you realize that a relationship that you enter into in holy matrimony is not to be broken. Well, but it's still, the Bible still teaches us that it is a commitment that we make for life. And so this is what we do in living for God. Our relationship with God is not a relationship that we make casually. It's not a relationship that we make on the spur of the moment. I I find it very interesting. This is, um, now now hear me out just a little bit. I'm going to take a little while getting started. Hopefully I can get through. But 
I feel like what I have to say is very important, so pay very close attention to what I'm saying. Now, I, I've, this, this is what I see so many times uh, when we are in revival and, and thank God for revival, thank God for people coming to the altar and praying through, that people make a spur-of-the-moment decision. And they come to the altar and they repent and they get an experience with God. So many times I have evangelists, well, that's one that got the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm not too big on numbers. I say, let's, let's give it a few weeks and then you'll find out who really has got it. And, uh, so I don't, I don't believe in inflating numbers because, uh, so many times we see people come and they come in easy and they go easy. How many knows that natural births are not easy? There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of agony. There's a lot of time that goes into a baby being born naturally. And so what, what happens in these situations? I, no doubt people feel God. No doubt people get a touch of God. No doubt they get an experience with God. And no doubt they have an experience of the Holy Ghost, which is just simply the Spirit of God. But they make no commitment to God. And uh, they have no relationship with God. And so when they leave the building, they forget what they have felt. And uh, they never return again. And so the question is, did they get the Holy Ghost or did they not get the Holy Ghost? Personally, I don't feel like they got the Holy Ghost. I, I think I think that you can speak in tongues and never get full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because the Holy Ghost will forever change your life. It's just as people can get together and they can shack up, but they're never married. You can do everything that married people do. People even raise families without being in a, a lifelong committed relationship. But that does not make them married in the sight of God. And so there is things that we must understand that is very important in our relationship with God. Not just an experience, but a relationship with God. Number one reason I, I've done some study on this and I've, I look at this. I'm very interested in this. And so <clears throat> I spent a lot of time studying it. And so the number one reason that they have come up with in asking people questions about what causes divorce, what happened in your in your marriage that caused you to divorce. They say the number one reason is the lack of communication. That there was just no communication. We didn't have anything to talk about. We didn't have a lot in common. And so when there is no communication, now most people think that, that a extramarital affair is the reason for divorces, the biggest part of divorces. But they say that is not so. It's just the lack of communicating with one another, just sitting down and talking. There's some things that have played a part on that. Social media has played a big part on that. Television played a big part on that. All of these things are different activities play a big part on that. That's the reason why I think it's very important for families to get together and put the cell phones down and have a talk together because they're going to find somebody to communicate with. And I know you're very quiet because you ain't sure where I'm going or what I'm fixing to come out with, but just hold on just a second. But, but they're saying that, that a great relationship happens or a great relationship doesn't happen because of the love you had in the beginning. But how well you continue building love until 
the end. It doesn't determine. This is the way people come in here and they get an experience with God. And they shout and they scream and they roll in the floor and they talk in tongues. But that is the height of their experience. And when they leave, they have no relationship with God. But a relationship between individuals happens because not the love that they have at first, but it's the love that they continue to build and work on. In a relationship, when communication starts to fade, everything else follows. When communication starts to fade, everything else follows. All kinds of tragedy. Because I was speaking uh, Wednesday night to us about that we were created for one another. We were created for companionship. We were made for one another. Man, the Bible says that it was not good that man should be alone. One person said because Adam was running around in the garden with no one to tell him where to go or what direction to turn. And so it was not good that he would do that, so God gave him an help me. Ever since then, he's had perfect understanding to turn whichever way that she says. Now, so in relationships, so if our, our married relationship is a mirror image of our relationship with God and God's relationship with us, We must learn how to communicate with God. And that communication line must be always open in our relationship. If we are not very careful, we become like the other religious world and the nominal world. I was speaking with uh, Brother Stoltz, who comes from uh, Amish. I don't think he ever was himself, but... His family comes from the Amish community and Amish believing whatever they are, people. And I've talked to him. He said, it's not a religion. I said, well, what do they believe as far as religion? He said, being Amish is not religion. It's a lifestyle. If we are not very careful, we as separatists that have come out from among the world becomes just a lifestyle to us and not a relationship with God. Standards are important because 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, I'm just going to give you one scripture here. There's many scriptures that I could give. The Bible says, Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. The first step of getting right with God is denying this flesh and getting away from the world. You can't have the world and God. So separation is very important. But we cannot let standards become just a way of life. We cannot forget our relationship that we should have Every individual in this place with God. If that is so, if standards become a lifestyle and we do not have a relationship with God, if there is something that comes up that there has not been a written rule against, it means that it's okay. Now, how many times have you heard somebody make mention, don't let the preacher know that. He'll get up and preach against it and then we can't do it. Now, honestly, have you ever heard that? Be honest now. Boy, if he found out about this, I know he'd preach against it. If you have a relationship, the preacher don't have to preach against that particular thing. See, that's the reason why it's so dangerous for us as individuals that it becomes a lifestyle. Now, I love living for God. I like going to church. I like, I like I like the way that I live. I don't really want to dress like the world. I don't want to look like the world. I don't want to act like the world. I don't want to talk like the world. 
I don't want to drink. I don't want to do drugs. I don't want to smoke. I don't want to run around on my wife. I'm living the good life. And in living the good life, it's a healthy lifestyle. It's a good lifestyle. I love my family. I love our family connection. I don't want to do anything to jeopardize that. But if we're not very careful, we love that more than we have a relationship with God. Now, let me give you a, give you a little analogy here. There's some things that we just will not do. Is there anything you just won't do because, man, we preach against that. Is there anything you just won't do because this is kind of crowd participation. Now, it's not a trick question. I'm not going to ask you, what is that? So, yeah, there is things that we just will not do. But how many times have we allowed our relationship with God to suffer? We become in love with the church. The church is our community. The church is our fellowship. The church is our center attraction in our life. We become in love with the activities of the church, with with the fellowship of the church. With if you don't believe that, man, you have to stay around it. Brother Harvey and brother brother Chris can tell you you have to stay around here an hour after church just to turn out the lights because we love. The church. And if we're not very careful, we love the church more than we love the one who gave his life for the church. Amen. And it becomes all about our church and all about our standards and all about what we don't do. And we forget about what the most important part is. And that's our relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So we have a list of rules. See, this is what, this is what the Pharisees did in biblical times. They knew the Mosaical law. They, they knew what to eat. They knew what not to eat. They knew how to dress and how not to dress. They knew every step they should make and every step they should not make. They were followers of the law. They loved the law, which that is exactly what they were supposed to do. But in loving the law, they had no relationship with God. Now, I believe that we should love the law. We should love the standards. We should love separation from the world. We should love the church. But in all of that, let's don't forget the most important part, and that is our relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God, God has been talking to me, especially this week, about my personal relationship with Him. I woke up early the other morning, could not sleep. God had woke me out of my sleep and talking to me and dealing with me about my personal relationship with God. I love this truth. I love this word. I love Acts 2.38. I love the holiness message. I would give my life for this word. I would give my life for the church. There is no devil that can can stop me from my love and my dedication to the church. Amen. But there's sometimes the devil comes in and it distorts and destroys our relationship with God. We get too busy loving the things of God that we forget the God that gave us the things to love. Amen. Amen. We love our children. Don't forget that they were given to us by God. We love our spouse. Don't forget they were given to us by our God. We love our church. Don't forget it was given to us by our God. We love our houses and our lands and our cars. But don't forget they were given to us by our God. Don't let the blessings become greater than the blesser in your life. Don't ever forget that it was God who made us. God who created us. God who gave us. God who blessed us. God who gave us the opportunity to come here today and to worship, to praise, to magnify, to glorify. 
magnify, to lift up His name. Amen, amen, amen. You see, God was talking to me. And God let me in on something that I've never, I've never ever, I've never really, I've never really paid a lot of attention to before. I've always thought, man, if I can get up and preach and I can feel the anointing power of God, I have the favor of God and my relationship with God is totally intact. Amen. But I have found out and God has talked to me that that being anointed does not mean that your relationship with God is intact. Amen. You can preach and be anointed. That does not mean that you have the favor of God because you are preaching God's Word. There is power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Why? Why do you think that people are offended by the name of Jesus? And when you pray in public, they don't want you to mention the name of Jesus. They don't ask you if you're a one God apostolic Jesus name baptized person. No, they know that there is power to deliver, power to set free, power to break the chains that's in the name of Jesus, no matter who's using the name. Now, I might cross some of your theological beliefs and theological opinions, but listen to me just a moment and hear me out. Amen. Your relationship with God. Amen. You can preach and be anointed, and it does not mean that you have an intact relationship. You can sing, and I want to tell you, when you sing and get under the anointing of God, that don't mean that you're a Christian. That does not mean that you have an intact relationship with God. You can have relations with someone and have a child. That does not mean that your marriage is all together. That does not even mean that you are married. That does not mean that you're in a covenant relationship. Amen. It is true for those who sing, those who teach, and those who shout. We put a lot of emphasis on shouting. Man, I believe in shouting. We think, boy, if we can get them to pray until they shout, everything's okay. That doesn't mean everything is okay. You can shout under the anointing and go out and commit sin. I want to tell you, young people, you can shout until you fall out in the floor and roll and flop and still go outside and commit fornication. You can still get on the internet and still look at pornography. It does not mean that you're saved because you can shout and shed a few tears and jabber in tongues. But I want to tell you there's something greater than that. It is building a relationship with God. Look at our text this morning. Look at what the text had to say. It says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father. Many shall say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? What did Jesus say? I Never knew you. Even though you were able to cast out devils. Have you ever thought about Judas cast out devils? He was sent out two by two. He healed the sick. He went out with the other disciples and they come back and said, we have healed the sick. The devils even respond to us. We have cast out devils by your name. Now, did Judas have a relationship with Jesus Christ? He was with him, just like the rest of the disciples. He heard him teach, just like the rest of the disciples. He wasn't even skipping out and missing church, just like the rest of the disciples. He was faithful in what 
Jesus had put him over. But he never got a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's many a people in this house today. You're good people. You're good. You're good godly people. You're living the life. You're holding to the standard. But I'm concerned about your relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. We've got to love the message, but we've got to love the messenger. The one who produced the message. The one who produced freedom. The one who produced salvation more than anything else in life. Amen. Amen. So, all of these exploits that they done, they done in the name of Jesus. Have you ever heard of A.A. Allen? Some of you older ones was. Have you ever heard, have you ever heard of all of these faith healers that went across the country? And they seen miracles, they seen signs, they seen wonders. Why? It was not because they had the favor of God. It's because they had faith in the name of Jesus Christ that God healed. There's some that was fake, but there's some that really got miracles from God that were documented miracles. Does that mean that they were in the truth? Oh, no, 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 no. That does not mean they were in the truth. That's the reason why we do not follow the signs. The signs follows the believers. Amen. 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 That's the reason why we don't get carried away when we hear somebody and we need to follow that. We need to go after that preacher. We need to go after that faith healer. No, we need to go after God. We need to build a relationship with Jesus Christ. We need to become dedicated and consecrated to Him. Amen. They healed the sick, prophesied, cast out devils, many wonderful works. But God said, I never knew you. How did they do this? And God would say, I never knew you. The power that is in the name of Jesus. I've heard of people that was about to get in an automobile accident, did not know God, was not living for God. But they said, I screamed the name of Jesus in some way. Somehow, I don't know what happened, but something took place and it changed the direction of the car. Amen. That does not save them. Amen. Amen. It's the power That is in the name of Jesus. Look at Matthew chapter 25. The Bible tells us a story of five wise and five foolish virgins. But take note that it tells us they were all virgins, which means that they were all pure. They were all godly. They were all, this is a representation of of the children of God. They were all godly and pure, all virgins, all clean, all holy. But the Bible says that five took all in their lamp. This is five that had a relationship with God, and the other five did not have a relationship, although they kept themselves pure, although they were undefiled by the sins of the world. They did not keep their relationship with God. I want to tell you, you can have your hair cut right. You can have your dress linked right. You can have your sleeves right. Amen. You cannot have a TV in your home. Amen. And still die lost and go to hell if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Standards never saves us. Standards does not save us. We have standards because we are saved. Because God has changed our life. And so there is boundaries that are set up to lead and guide and direct us. Amen. But the standard is not the salvation of our soul. Amen. Five wise, five foolish, five took all. Five took no all, but they were all clean. They were all pure. They were all holy. What did the Lord say in Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 12? But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I 
Know you not. I know you not. Although you were clean, although you were pure, although you were godly, I know you not. Five wise, five foolish. That's what I try to say to you us today, church, that we need to be wise and not foolish servants of Jesus Christ. Not only holy, not only pure, not only godly, but we need to build our relationship with Him like never before. Amen. We need to work on our relationship. We need to grow together instead of growing apart from God. Amen. Is our relationship better today than it was the day that we first knew Him? We sing the song, which I like the song. And I think it's necessary sometimes to sing it. And we do this. Take me back, dear Lord. Take me back to the place where I first met you. Take me back to the place that I first found you. Take me back to the place where I first committed to you. But I want to tell you, if we go back to the place where I first found Jesus Christ, that's taken me further away from Him. Because over the 30 years that I've been serving God, I've gotten closer. I've got to know Him better. He's gotten to know me better. We have a stronger relationship than we did 30 years ago. Can you say today that your relationship with God is greater at this point than it was when you first come to an altar of repentance? I have always thought, I've always preached, and I've always had a strong opinion. I still hold to this opinion somewhat, but, but I feel that, that my mindset has changed a little uh, since I've made this opinion and statement, I've always said that if you get involved in the kingdom of God and you get so involved, you will not have time to backslide. But I'll be very careful in saying that you can get involved and still get away from God. You can get so cumbered about with taking care of things that must be taken care of until where you lose your relationship with God. How many has ever known of a minister backsliding? You know what happens? It's not that they don't love God. It's not, it's not that they don't care about the work of God. It's sometimes you get so involved in the work of God and caring for the things of God to where our relationship suffers that we have with God until one day we wake up, we're still living the life, still preaching the message, still doing what's right. But it's been a long time since we worked on our relationship with God. Just like a marriage relationship, it suffers and sometimes people don't even know that it's suffering. People are growing apart and don't even realize they're growing apart. They think everything is fine and then all of a sudden, all turmoil breaks loose. You know what happened? It didn't happen overnight. It was a period of time of losing your relationship. Amen. Backsliding does not happen overnight. It's a process that takes control of our life and we gradually lose our relationship with Jesus Christ. Although we look good on the outside, on the inside we're filthy and ungodly and unholy. We fight enemies on every hand. Brother John was talking about this this morning. God has given us the weapons to withstand and the weapons to go on the offense with. But in that, in that, we used to be able to draw lines and say, don't allow this. Don't have this in your home. Take television, for instance. It was very easy to say, no television, just no shape, form, or fashion. 
It was very easy just to draw a line against video and say, no video, shape, form, or fashion. And keep that out of your home. But the devil comes up with a different tactic. And now we have movies. We have all kinds of ungodliness all at our fingertips because we have to have it to function in a world that we live in. We say, amen. And so then when there is no law, what happens to us? I want to tell you what you've got to have. It's not the preacher getting up and blasting everything that comes across, but it's you that has a relationship with God that says no matter what kind of device it comes on, I will not give in to the temptation. I will not take part. I will not be part of it. Why? Because my relationship with God is stronger than the adversary of my soul. Quit waiting on a law. Quit waiting on a rule. Quit waiting on the hammer to hit you in the forehead and say, don't do that. But get your relationship right with God. Well, I hadn't heard the preacher talk on that in a while. So I guess since he hadn't said it, boy, I guess everything's all right. No problem. No, 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 no. No, it's about a relationship with God. Amen. When God leads me, I will talk about it. But until he does, you better keep your relationship intact and keep on walking with God. Your wife or your husband shouldn't have to get up every morning and remind you now you're married. So don't go to the, to the workplace and flirt with the, with the, with the lady there at the office. Don't flirt with the man on the job. No, no, no. They should never have to remind you of that. Why? Because you're in a relationship. You're in a relationship. We're in a relationship with God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Look at Luke chapter 10 and verse number 38 through 40 tells us a story of Mary and Martha. Now it came to pass as they went, speaking of Jesus and his disciples, that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Now pay very close attention to what the scripture says. That a certain woman named, who? Martha received him into her what? Her house. This is a representation like she opened her life up to Jesus Christ and said, yes, you are welcome here. And then the scripture says, and she had a sister called Mary, which also, which what? which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard His words. She had a sister that also sat at Jesus' feet. Now, I don't want to make a play on words, but this could mean that Mary and Martha both sat at the feet of Jesus and heard His words. Now, the Bible says that Martha is the one that received him into her house. Doesn't say anything about Mary receiving him into her house. But it says Martha received him into her house and Mary, which also sat at, it's kind of like Mary was just thrown in there. The story was about Martha, but Mary was just kind of placed in there and also sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his words. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving. How many knows that there's work to be done around the church? Some of you shouldn't raise your hand because you have no idea. Just thought I'd drop that on you. But there's some of you that knows that there is work that's got to be done around the house, around the church. Amen. How many, how many has ever went over to the gym and ate food that was being served? Anybody ever done that? You realize somebody had to prepare that? 
You realize somebody has to put it out. Somebody has to cook it. Somebody has to take care of it. Somebody has to serve it. And then somebody has to clean it up. That's work that must be done. Amen. There's work that must be done to keep the church in operating order. You can't just leave a building and act it and think it's going to take care of itself. Mary was cumbered about with much serving. It was necessary that she fed Jesus and his disciples. What she was doing was necessary. And she came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? But her, therefore, that, and, and, uh, bid her, excuse me, bid her, therefore, that she help me. I need some help, Lord. Can't you, can't you have Mary to just get up for a moment? And come help me and come work with me just a little bit. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. Now he didn't say that skirt all of your responsibilities. He did not say, don't ever worry about fixing, don't ever worry about preparing, don't ever worry about working again. No, he said, you are cumbered about with many, and you are careful about many and troubled with many things. But one thing is needful. Don't forget the one thing that is needful in your life, Martha. Yes, you accepted me into your house, but have you opened your life up to me? Have you took me into your life? Have you accepted me? Have you built a relationship with me? Amen. I'll come to tell you and preach to you today that it is possible to grow apart from Christ sitting on a church pew. But one thing is needful, Mary, and Mary had chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Martha received him into her house. Martha was cumbered about with much serving. Martha needed help. When you are working and you are serving and you are out on outreach and when you are fixing for children and when you are teaching Sunday school and, and when you are singing in the choir and, and when you're singing in the chorale and when you're worshiping God and when you're praising God, when you're doing all of these things, don't forget about the relationship that you must have with God in your soul and in your spirit. Amen. It's just like when you're working for the family and when you're providing for your wife and you're providing for your children and you're sending them to school and you're buying the things that they need and you're taking care of them. Be careful that you don't skirt the responsibility of the most important part. And that is a relationship between the two adults that love God, that love each other. Don't forget your relationship with God. How many times have you seen people that has a bank account big enough to choke a horse, but they wind up losing their families? Yes, bank accounts is important. You have to have money to survive. It's needful to work, but it's more important to work on the relationship. Does this say, oh, we just all quit working and we all get spiritual and we all just talk in tongues all day? No. That's not what the Word of God is saying. Life must carry on, but with life, let's never forget our relationship with God. Now let's go back to the question, is it, is it, can you be anointed and not have a relationship with God? Can you be anointed by God? And be living in sin? Samson had the power of God even when he was visiting an harlot. Now don't you think Samson was committing sin? 
but the Spirit of the Lord moved upon him. And he took the gates of the city of Gaza. He did not do that on his own power. That was the power of God. He was seeing a woman that was out of God's will. A Philistine woman. Delilah. And then, all of a sudden, the power of God would move on him. He was in her house. And all of a sudden, she said, Samson, the Philistines are upon thee. And Samson shook himself. And the power of God come upon him, and he broke the ropes. But where was his relationship with God? Do you ever find that Samson built an altar? Do you ever find that Samson prayed when he was not in trouble? Do you ever find that Samson ever went to the synagogues? Do you ever find anything spiritual about Samson? He had no relationship with God. He was anointed by God, but he had no relationship with God. Saul was anointed by God. Saul prophesied. Saul was numbered among the prophets. You ever find where Saul worked on his relationship with God? You ever find where Saul built an altar? You ever find where Saul was concerned about spiritual things? Absolutely not. These man, men had the anointing, but they had no relationship. If we're not careful as the children of God, we get the anointing. We get the blessings of God, but we forget about our relationship. A relationship will make you go home at night instead of stopping by the tavern. A relationship with your wife that you are committed with will stop you from texting and following people that is not your spouse. The same way with God. A relationship with God will keep you when nobody's watching and when nobody knows. Let me tell you, men, a relationship with God will keep you on the right websites and off of the wrong websites. You say, I struggle with these things. You're struggling with the relationship with God. Yes, I honor you for your commitment and your desire and your dress and the way that you look and the way that you act. But I'm really concerned about the relationship that you have with God. When nobody's looking, what kind of man, what kind of woman are you? Do I know God? How many has been married 25 years? Raise your hand. Do you know your wife or your husband more today than you knew them 25 years ago? <laughs> well, there's three of you. Amen. You know why? Because you have built a relationship. Now let me ask you this question. How many has had the Holy Ghost 25 years? Do you know God better today? Are you closer to God today than you was 25 years ago? Are we growing together? Or are we growing apart? Some of you is not listening to me this morning and you desperately need to listen. You're covered about with many things. Many things are on your mind. Many avenues of work. Many avenues. I'm working for God. I'm involved in the kingdom. I'm doing all that I can for God. But God wants you to have a relationship with Him. God wants you to be close to Him. God wants you to be in a covenant relationship with Him. God wants to draw you closer than you've ever been before. Amen. God wants you closer. When you get the Holy Ghost, it's a starting point. Not the pentacle of your walk with God. Is God greater in your life? Is prayer greater in your life? Is the church greater in your life? Is the work of God greater in your life? Is the power of God greater in your life today than it was when you first met Him? 
So many marriages dissipate over time just because people grow apart. If they come to the music today, I'm getting ready to close. If we are not careful, we walk with God. And that's just it. We're just with Him. We're just with Him. We're just like Judas. We're with Him. We're one of the disciples. But while John was saying, I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. Judas was over there. i got to take care of the finances. God, where are we going to get the money to pay this? Where are we going to get the money to pay this bill? How are we going to take care of this? How are we going to do this? we got taxes coming up. we got this happening. we got we got to buy food. we got to take care of this. We need new shoes. Uh, Jesus, where are we going to get the money from? He was cumbered about with many things. He was with Him. But He never built a relationship. And over time... The first call that he heard from Jesus Christ, Judas, come and follow me. That became the highest point of his life. And everything from there on was downhill. We need to seek to know the Lord. I was praying the other day and God just just smote my heart. I pray about many things. And I just felt the Holy Ghost prompt me to pray. You need to know me better. I know my wife. I know what she likes. I know what she don't like. I know what's going to make her mad before I ever even say it. And I know what's going to make her glad before I ever even say it. Because I've built a relationship. Do we know God? Do we know what makes God happy? Do we know what makes God sad? Do we know what makes God angry? Do we know what makes God laugh? Do we know what makes God satisfied with us. Over a period of time, you build a relationship with God that becomes stronger, that nothing can separate us. There's not a better opportunity that can separate you from the love of God. The Bible says, who shall separate us? See how persecution, shall principalities or powers or angels or rulers of darkness of this world. Nothing. Why? Because you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and nothing. I want to ask somebody, I'm preaching from my heart today. I want to ask you, how long has it been since you got carried away in the Spirit and just lost track of time? Because you were speaking in other tongues and you were communicating with God in a language that no one else could understand. And you were groanings that that you didn't even know what you were saying, but God was speaking through you. How long has it been? Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 7 through 10 says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, 
but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know Him. And the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering being made conformable unto His death. Now, if the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, and he's saying, this is what I desire. I count all of these things as nothing. They're just dumb that I might win Christ, that I might know Him. If Paul is seeking to know the Lord after all of the things that he had seen, all the miracles that was performed, all the exploits that he did, how much more should we have today and say, God, do I really know you? God, I want you to really know me. God, I open myself up to you today. I want you to look into my heart. I want you to look into my spirit. I want you to look into my soul. See who I really am, God. Look at me, God, because I want to know you. I don't want to just walk with you, but I want to know you. I don't want you to just hold my hand, God, but I want to know who you really are. I want to know you in an intimate way, God. I want to know you in a close way. I want to know you greater than I've ever known you before. I want to ask you, where has tongues and interpretation gone in the church today? Why is it when it happens it's some elderly person? Why? Because we're cumbered about with many things. God, but I want to I want to take time out. I don't want to get up too early from your feet, God. I don't want to get up too early from a prayer meeting, God. I want a relationship with you like I've never had before. I commend you for your faithfulness. I commend you for your work. I commend you for your desire. But some way, somehow, let's get a relationship with God. Why don't somebody get under a burden for lost souls? Why don't somebody get under a burden? God, use me. Why? Because you can't give tongues and interpretation without a relationship with God. You've got to get close to Him. No, it's not something that we need to say, oh, that was good for the church 20 years ago, but... You know, we're, we have outgrown that. No, no, no. We need the five-fold ministry working in the church today. It's not because God don't do it anymore. It's because somewhere our relationship with God has diminished. God, but we still worship in Your name. We still baptize in Your name. We still pray in Your name. We still see miracles in Your name. We still see people get the Holy Ghost in Your name. But does He know us? Does He know you? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want everybody praying right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I wish somebody had touched the Lord right now. I wish somebody would have a desire. God, I want to know You. I want to know You. Being carried away in the Spirit is not just stories of yesterday, church. Seeing people carried out, slain in the Holy Ghost is not just stories of yesterday. But it's things that God wants to give to the church today. But we've got to have a relationship. 
We've got to have a relationship. We've got so carried away with hype and the anointing and, oh man, the preaching, oh, oh, entertain me, entertain me, give me, oh, give me a word. I'm giving you a word this morning. You need to get your relationship right with God. We need to get closer to God. We need to get close to Him today. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, help us, help us, God, help us, God, help us, God. These altars is open today. Hallelujah. Anybody that wants to work on your relationship with God, make your way to this front right now. God has spoke to us today, church. Let's don't take it lightly. Let's don't brush it off, God. But I want a relationship with you, God. I want to pray until I get carried away in the Spirit, God. Oh, God. Work right now, God. Why don't somebody lift your voice toward heaven right now? Why don't somebody make some new commitments right now? God, I'm going to work on these things. God, I'm going to draw closer to you. I want to know you greater. I want to know you, God. 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 Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus, touch every heart, touch every soul, God. Move in every life, God, today. Move in every life today, God. Move in every life today, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Work right now, God. Work right now, God. Work right now, God. Work right now, God. 